Good morning. It's time for the Cummins Real Estate Group Show. She's somewhere Check in with Michelle Cummins. It's the Cummins Real Estate Group Show. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning, Curtis Pope. How are you? I am doing wonderful. I have no complaints. Uh, you know, I have this great realtor that's been helping me sell my house. She's been fantastic. I uh, hear she has amazing clients. <laughs> like you. <laughs> You and Kelly and the kids. Amazing. I, I wouldn't say amazing because, you know, the tough part's going to be finding a house because, as you know, my daughter really doesn't want to move. You all have so much character and so much life, and even down to your pets. Like, there is, uh, you have such energy, your family. It's just beautiful. Um, that's family. one way to put it energy. <laughs> that's the polite way to put it. Yeah, sure, we'll go with that. <laughs> Oh, my. I, I hear a lot of things are happening, and it's, it's interesting because, I mean, with things that are going on with everything and still viewing homes and having to see and seeing the new ones come up, like it hasn't slowed down yet for real estate. There's still new homes coming on the market. In fact, a couple came on the market just new recently that matched your criteria again, and it's just like it's just a constant flow still. So it'll be interesting to see if and when the slowdown that typically happens every year uh, close to this time, if it happens this year. Well, I know because Kelly asked you, she goes, is, you know, is, is it going to start slowing down? Is it going to be harder to find a house? And you went, well, it should, but it hasn't. Exactly. This isn't your typical real estate year, that's for sure. Well, I guess that's one of the things here with uh, all the restrictions we've been dealing with for the last eight, nine months. Uh, people have been doing home renos. Uh, they've been spending more time in their homes. Uh, I know even I did some of that this year, and I'm not much of a handyman, but I'm getting better. Uh, but, uh, you know, people are starting to look around going, okay, if I'm going to be spending more time in my house, maybe it's time I get a new house, or maybe it's time I update this house, or maybe I start to look for a new house. Maybe I start the process, and it seems to me that that has kept things going. Exactly. And it's, it's just this, like, uh, this, and like, it's, uh, what do you call it? It's like a snowball. It's like once you, you start something or you feel it and you want to do it more and, and, you know, I, I don't know the word I'm looking for, but it's uh, contagious. That's the word. Yeah. Well, that's a good word to use right now. Contagious. Really? <laughs> <laughs> We're in a pandemic and you use the word contagious, uh, but in a good way. Yeah, see, everything can be, uh, there's a, the yin and yang, the, the good and the bad. Yes, the, you know. <laughs> it's a positive contagion. And talking about positivity, this is typically as well at the time for giving because, uh, you know, towards this end of the year, obviously uh, people are uh, looking to, for ways of sharing and caring and they get a bit of the call it holiday spirit or the giving spirit during this time. And especially when, you know, they're not, they're not encouraging, you know, us going in and, and you know, shopping uh, physically into places. And it's sad because for our local businesses and just uh, because the, when 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 we're able to spend money to give and share to others, it helps everyone in the long run, especially local businesses. But Giving Tuesday is ways you can give in so many ways, whether it's uh, like for for Remax for and for myself, uh, we we donate to the. 
Children's Miracle Network and our local Fraser Health uh, for the Children's Division. And we, if you see the sign, uh, like on top of my sign, you see the Miracle Home. Uh, this is a Miracle Home. And you wonder, what does that mean? Well, it means that proceeds of the commission for the sale of that home is going towards the Children's Miracle Network. So it's giving a miracle to a child. So uh, that's the way uh, Union Gospel Mission is another way that I like donating to. And I actually have them on my homepage, a clickable link if you want a free, no obligation evaluation of your property, or you don't. Either way, uh, I do match donations that are uh, given to them through my website on my homepage. So if you click that button and do that, whether you want evaluation or not, I'm happy to um, uh, match donations. And uh, it's, 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 you know, buy a coffee for somebody, you know, behind you, or maybe some groceries at the grocery store. If you're in line with somebody, you know, behind you, or I don't know, any way you can look at giving. And, and Curtis, I know you guys at 107.1, you, you give so much and, and share your, uh, you know, the places, the charities, and everywhere that you guys are donating to. Absolutely. I mean, it's one of the uh, the things I find it's a, a great um, side effect of this job in that you really, uh, you get out and early on in your career and you start to do some of these events and you're just excited to be part of the community and things like that. And then you get out and you start to see change you see how it helps people and you see what you can you can do for people and it really becomes um you know something that you really enjoy doing and uh, i've had friends go you don't really enjoy going to these charity events go yeah yeah i do because you know uh, over the course of a career you get to help a lot of people and, and raise a lot of money for great causes that you know the average person doesn't get to do so i'm very thankful for that part of this job it is true, and by giving of your time and volunteering, and that's a way of giving and donating, and just loving uh, your fellow human, human, you know, man, woman, like having giving that time and the encouragement and how you said it encourages others to do the same. And um, I know certain, you know, uh, people say, oh well, you know, you shouldn't, you know, give and let people know what you're giving. And I think, oh well, sometimes you should because. It, you know, some people, oh, it, maybe it's a bit bragging. And I'm like, well, no, because I know when I see somebody give to, to a certain charity or or somebody or something or a business or somewhere that they care about, it makes me care about it, too. And I go, well, I, and maybe I, I'm a bit competitive, too, but I and I like challenges and I like to give. So I'm like, well, if they're giving, I, you know, I'd like to support that that as well. So I don't know. I think it's contagious, again, that word, but in a good way. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, what are we talking about for this week's topic? I saw you uh, give us a heads up on social media. It was the the 10 questions you want to ask when you have multiple offers, I believe. Yes, and you are very familiar with this. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, you know, we've, we've talked a bit in pieces about you uh, selling my house. And uh, yes, we have multiple offers in front of us, don't we? Yes, and therefore it is perfect timing uh, to talk about these 10 questions that you're so familiar with. And uh, and before we get into that, I wanted to give a few tips and news, real estate news uh, that are happening right now. So one is if you were going to purchase a home, I would suggest getting pre-approved. Uh, but the tip is not to buy a car before you complete on your home purchase. So if you get your getting pre-approved, you know exactly what it looks like, you know, you have a little bit of money or you're like, oh, I'd like, love to buy this home or 
you know, you, you purchase the home, you get an accepted offer. And, and in the meanwhile, maybe it's three months till closing or whatnot. And then there's a, there's this car you want to buy and, and you don't think of it. You just, okay, let's buy the car. Well, that could ruin your approval when it comes down to completion day because your bank will do a uh, search your, your credit and everything again before completion. And if anything has changed, if you have created any new credit in the meantime between putting your deposit down and removing your subjects on your purchase and completing on your purchase, well, you may be hooped. You may not be able to purchase that home anymore. So don't purchase a car <laughs> before you purchase a home. Uh, then another tip is powers of attorney. So a power of attorney, or you can call it for short POA, before proceeding with listing a property, if you have power of attorney, you have to make sure it's executed properly for such a task. There's different ways a power of attorney can be used. Uh, for example, you need to know, does it empower you uh, to sell real property? Sometimes it doesn't. It has to specify uh, that you, as the power of attorney, can do that on behalf of who you have that on. So has it expired? It may have expired, and you may not have thought of it. So have a look at that. Uh, has it been revoked? Very important uh, to know, because if, if, if it's been revoked and you, you you will not be able to use it. Your realtor will will be notified, will check into it, and, and you won't be able to use it. Has it been terminated through the death of the grantor? Uh, is, is it a live POA? So have a look at that. And then a reminder, we talked about this, I think, a couple shows ago, but the Landowner Transparency Act and Registry is taking effect in just a couple days, Monday, November 30th. So if you're purchasing a property through a joint venture or a partnership, a corporation, holding company, or any other way that has more than one benefiting party, be prepared for delays due to paperwork and the new transparency rules. So speak to your real estate lawyer regarding that if, if that is you. And I wanted to talk about the new commercial rent assistance program. So brand new Canadian businesses, nonprofits, and charities experiencing financial hardship from COVID-19 may be eligible for a subsidy to cover part of their commercial rent through the Canadian Emergency Rent Subsidy Program. This program is in effect, or was in effect, November 23rd, and it replaces the previous commercial rent assistance program. So, uh, it, you know, if you haven't been updated on that, I want to make sure everyone knew that that, that one had lower uh, pickup than the government expected. So the goal of Canadian Emergency Rent Subsidy Program is to support viable businesses and organizations as they head into a difficult winter uh, it's intended to be used for organizations that have experienced a loss of revenue due to COVID-19, and it'll subsidize up to 65% of rent or commercial mortgage interest on a sliding scale based on decline in revenues. Uh, the program also provides an additional top-up subsidy of 25% for eligible organizations temporarily shut down by mandatory public health order, and it's available retroactively from September 27th. So that means that it doesn't help businesses that had to shut down in the spring. Uh, so keep that in mind. So there, there's some tips and real estate news for you. And when we come back in our second segment, we will talk about the 10 questions sellers should ask during multiple offers. Uh, your timing is impeccable. Like we're right at time for this segment. If people want more information, what should they do? MichelleCummins.ca. And we are back with more right after this.
two of the Cummins Real Estate Group show with Michelle Cummins and myself, Curtis Pope. Now, I understand now we are going to talk about all the mistakes I have made having multiple offers in front of me. Uh, Curtis, you and Kelly have been doing great. You did amazing, and you can uh, answer all these questions yourself because well, you know them. <laughs> well, you know, the thing that I actually that I've learned is because Kelly's always like, is, is it okay that we're bugging Michelle again? I, I don't want to get, I don't want to annoy her. I don't want to bug her anymore. I'm like, that's what she's there for, to answer questions. And I go, she'll tell us when we're asking dumb questions. Don't worry. We haven't got there yet. <laughs> There's never a dumb question. Oh, I could test that. <laughs> and you can ask a question a hundred times during real estate transactions and it's never enough because there's so much coming at you that I always, I always tell buyers, especially first time buyers is, you know, I'll, I'll tell you things a few times. And if I tell you something that I've already told you, you could just let me know. But I understand it takes a few times to hear something before it sinks in. And there's so much changing and coming at you that it's really hard to soak in everything. So, and the, you know, you don't want to be, you know, caught off guard. And so, no question's a bad question, and you can't ask questions enough, even the same question. Well, we have asked a lot of questions, and you have been, yeah, I, you know, I'll give you credit. You've been amazing. You've been uh, explained everything. And the fun thing is sometimes Kelly asks a question, and I do know the answer from doing this show for two years with you. <laughs> you almost don't even need me, huh? No, I need you because there's a lot of questions I don't have the answers for. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Uh, and it's been amazing that all these multiple offers are still happening. I mean, amid uh, this ongoing pandemic that we've had, I just, it's been a seller's market. And it's still holding strong across, actually, almost the whole country. I mean, in many cities, it's been happening. And the buyer demand, it's, it's up, while inventory still remains low. And uh, it's making it more difficult with everything and the uh, the restricted laws now uh, coming up with construction and with service providers, which is going to just slow down the home building process, which is going to slow down more inventory from hitting the market. Uh, but all this is leaving buyers battling it out in multiple offer situations and sellers are trying to navigate it through it all. And so having multiple offers is great. It's wonderful. But how do you ensure you're choosing the best offer and that you don't pass up on an even better one? So with multiple offer situations becoming the norm in our hot market, uh, knowing how to navigate these scenarios is a must. So I thought it was prudent to bring this to the table, bring this on the show uh, right now. So you might be tempted to jump in on the highest offer received, but price is only one piece of the puzzle. Now, albeit very important piece of the puzzle, but uh, there are a few more things to consider. So aside from price, uh, there's several other factors. So going through the 10 questions, the first one is speed. How fast does the buyer want to move? So although speed mostly revolves around the closing dates, there are a few other factors to consider, but we'll start with the most obvious. The second question is, what is the closing date and does it work with your timeline? So this one's pretty self-explanatory, but when, the, when does the buyer want to close on the home? But more importantly, how closely does this date align with your timeline? So if you're looking to move out as soon as possible, a more immediate date is probably ideal. And if it's a sooner date, it saves you on holding the property, especially if it's vacant. It, it saves you money, all the monthly costs of holding that property from the mortgage to the property taxes to the insurance and everything else. But if they're waiting to close on a new home, they're 
probably looking for a bit more flexibility. So the third question is how flexible is the buyer on timing? So if your circumstances require you to move on a specific timeline, is the buyer willing to accommodate that? More flexible buyers might present an offer with a lease-back option, which could be an excellent alternative for you if you need to buy yourself more time before moving out. Now, that's a nice one when you don't have the pressure of having to move out when you still haven't found a home, when it's a really, really great offer, but let's say they're not going to take subject to you finding a property, or maybe you don't want that because you prefer to have the cash in hand in your bank account ready to go and have that flexibility of three months or six months or a year or whatever it might be. So that's a really good one. The fourth question, when does the offer expire? So many offers include an expiration date set by the buyer, and actually they should have an expiration date. Uh, Otherwise, it's just open-ended. So that expiration date should be figured out, hopefully, before the multiple offers come in. But hopefully, it doesn't pressure you to have to make a decision sooner than you want to, because if that contract expires, that means, in essence, that contract is null and void. And if you want to move forward with that buyer and the buyer wants to move forward with you, a whole new contract will have to be written. So this date can be a good indicator of how fast the buyer is looking to move to close the deal. A lot of times, bully offers will be very quick. It's like, I want to know in two hours. I want to know in three hours. Uh, They don't give you much time because they want an answer right away because they're hoping that you take their offer before others. However, this can sometimes put you, the seller, in a tricky situation, especially when there's multiple offers on the table and they need to decide within a short time frame. So we want to make sure it gives you enough time as a seller to really think about all the offers, think about the possibilities and the opportunities, and make sure you make the right decision. And the uh, fifth question is cer- certainty. Oh, my gosh, how important is it to a seller to know that you have a qualified buyer? So how qualified are they? So once you've considered how well the offer aligns with your timeline, we move on to evaluating the certainty of the offer. So the sixth question is, is it an all-cash offer? Like, how many offers do you have? Uh, How many are all-cash offers? What does that look like? So most times, all-cash offers mean quicker and less risky sales, which is what makes them so appealing. The primary benefit to an all-cash offer is not having to worry about all the possibility of an appraisal coming in too low or third-party financing falling through or, you know, the inspection, uh, you know, any out that the buyer can have, any hiccup that can happen, it, it, those all go away when you have a cash offer. Uh, so when people say cash offer, okay, does that mean just no financing subject or does it also mean no subjects? Uh, So even though all cash offers bring a heightened level of certainty, they often come with that lower price tag, too. A lot of times they do because they think, hey, this is an all cash offer or possibly as well, no subjects and no conditions. So they think that they should be able to get it for a better deal. But in multiple offers, you you have to be aware as a buyer, uh, there are many motivated buyers out there and Uh, with multiple offers, you still should get a a better offer price tag, but in some cases, you won't. It will be lower because they feel like their offer is very strong, which it is if they have a cash offer. So seven is how financially secure is the buyer. So having a financially stable buyer will help ensure a smooth closing. I mean, it, it is one of the most important things. 
A few factors can help you determine how financially secure a buyer is. How much they're putting down is part or all deposit attached to the offer or at least within 24 hours of being accepted. So, again, a strong deposit and is it along with the offer or at least going to be given within 24 hours? And then you think about is part of the deposit or all the deposit going to go straight to the seller non-refundable? Because what if you as a seller need that to help you put a deposit in on the home you're going to purchase? It might help with that a bit. So some things to think about when you have multiple offers as a seller, you have control. You have the power to make it what you want. So use that opportunity and use those multiple offers to get the best possible deal. So down payment. So typically a higher down payment is in, uh, it's probably about 20, 20 to 50% is a really strong indicator of a financially stable uh, buyer. Even if it's not deposit straight down, even if it's a deposit with some conditions, if it's the best offer and they happen to have a couple conditions, I mean, if they have a 20 to 50% deposit ready to go, though, that indicates a very stable, financially stable buyer. Uh, Pre-approval. Make sure these days have to have that pre-approval. So that's a financially strong buyer. So question eight, are there contingencies? So we talked a little bit about that, but contingencies are those subjects. So when buyers submits an offer with contingencies, uh, they're stipulating additional requirements like an appraisal, like an inspection, all those things. So, of course, waiving those conditions as a buyer, of course, is a much stronger offer. So number nine price. How much are they offering? Although price is pretty self-explanatory, there are a few additional factors we always take into account when evaluating an offer because they'll end up affecting your net proceeds. So number 10, is the buyer offering that lease back and at what expense? So going back to that, so there's cost in holding your property, but if you don't need to move for five months, maybe you're going to retire in a year from now, but you're wanting to sell today. That again, that would be negotiating a lease back for, or maybe you're building a new home, but you need to sell in order to put a stronger deposit on for your new home, or it's a custom home you're building, and you need a lot more than just the 10 or 15% deposit. So you need that time frame of a year or so before you move out. So uh, if you require that more flexible timeline, borrowers who are in the know might add that option for the lease back to your offer, to the offer sheet that they're giving to you. So um, we as realtors make sure we talk to all the buyer's uh, agents and find out all this information to best help get you the best offer possible. So typically the buyer requires the seller to pay rent um, during the lease back option. And a lot of times you can get it for under market rate. And, and sometimes a nice gesture is that you might end up maybe getting a few months free rent uh, or part of it as free as well. So that's a really, really great one. And that's the 10 questions sellers should ask. And uh, so I know we probably have to go soon, Curtis, but the, uh, I wanted to mention this new listing this week. It is called the Stokes House. It's Mission's first hospital between 1920 and 1925. Hmm. It's so amazing. Uh, it's a unique BC Mills Trading and Company catalog home. It's full of character, and it sits on two legal duplex lots. That's two PIDs and two titles. It's at 32945. 
to write that one down quickly. Third Avenue in Mission. Uh, go to my Facebook business page is at Fraser Valley Realty or my website. And uh, the future of this property is also attached multifamily. So in the overall community plan. So it's just beyond good investment opportunities. But also it's a it's a fantastic house. Uh, the house is on an over 8,000 square foot lot. The kitchen is renovated, and it's almost it's over 3,000 square feet, the house. It's five bedrooms, two full bathrooms with a full, big, unfinished basement. And it's got a new hot tub to relax in, uh, views of the Southern Mountains, and the price tag on it is $868,000. Okay. Yeah. And so thank you so much uh, for a great another week and show and uh, a quote. I, I should probably end the show with a quote. I would hope See, so. I, just, I thought we were going to miss the quote again. I was going to panic. <laughs> no, no, never miss a quote. Do you like uh, Charlie Brown? Of course. Wah, 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 wah. That's what I hear most of the episode from you. <laughs> You're Charlie oh. Brown's teacher. It's not what's under the tree that matters. It's who's around it. Very nice. There you go. After I make a Charlie Brown teacher joke at you, give us a great quote anyway. Always. (laughs) All right. Well, if people want more information about you and the services you provide as a top-notch realtor, what can they do? michellecummins.ca. And once again, you're going to want to tune in next week for another edition of the show where once again we will talk real estate in order to unlock your real estate potential on a show where real estate is maximized. Thanks for listening.